about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshukba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Let's go. Prerequisites of a lasting relationship. And I spoke, yes, last week, and I'll continue what I call from singleness to greatness. From singleness to greatness. Now, if you were not in the service last week, don't throw stones at me. I dealt with singleness. Please, don't say, oh, well, are they preparing me for marriage? I don't really care. I have dealt with it. You go to listen to the tape of last week and know where we're coming from. And what I purposely did in my sermon today is not to include anything of last week Wednesday because I know I can spend more time on last week than this week. So let's go to Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24 and I'm going to read from verse 1 to wherever I stop. Genesis chapter 24. Abraham was now a very old man and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. That means he was also selective on who he would allow his son to marry. So also I am selective in who I'm going to allow my son to marry. Not just anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, that, sorry, and that means you also need to be selective in who you will hook up with. If anybody that knocks on your door is the one. Let's continue reading. <laughs> go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and, to, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far? That was over 6,000 miles, I heard. Uh, so far from home, I'm not too sure about that, but I think it was a whole lot of um, mileage there. Should I then take Isaac there to live amongst your relative in the land you came from? No. Abraham responded, be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, for the Lord, the God of heaven, for the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angels ahead of you and he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. So the man was holding on to the promise, just to a promise. Verse 8, if she is willing, unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine, but under no circumstance since are you to take my son there. So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the ties of, of his master Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instruction. Then he loaded ten of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master and he traveled to the distance of, I can't pronounce that. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening and the women were coming out to draw water. 
Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink. I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulders. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Rebecca was very beautiful. Rebecca was what? Very uh-huh. And old enough to be married, but she was still a what? And that went so quiet. I mean, people just didn't even want to respond. Uh, but she was still a virgin. She went down. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up. You know when someone is a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Keep it new. Running over to her, the servant said, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my Lord, she answered. Have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder uh, shoulder, and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the water trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. That, uh, they said, was over... 40 gallons of water. Mm -hmm. The servant watched Kai in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last when the camels had finished drinking, camels drink a lot of water. He took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrist. That was 15,000 pounds. Whose daughter are you, he asked, and please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I'm the daughter of Bethuel. She, she, she replied, my grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed, and feed for the camels, and we have room for the guests. Then the man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, he said. The Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. In the book of Genesis, uh, in the book of Genesis uh, and chapter 2, verse 18, Genesis 2, verse 18 and 22 to 24, The Bible says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper. What? Fit for him. And the rib that that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now let me start this, uh, and I'm going to read quite a lot from my notes because I want to cover quite uh, great grounds tonight. Abraham, listen to this, was blessed in age, he was blessed in money, and he was blessed in influence. He was blessed in age. He was over 100 years old uh, 
uh, at this particular time, yes, over 100, yeah, over 100 years old at this particular time, he had money and he was the richest man in the East. So there was not an area of his life that he was not blessed. But yet, Abraham was trusting God with all his heart. He was not leaning to his own understanding to choose a wife for his son. I want you to quickly get on board with this so we can move quicker, quickly. That means Abraham was that rich but still didn't trust himself to find a wife for his son. That means your success doesn't mean that you can make great decisions. Because there are people who are successful in business but they are failures at home. You need to understand this because if you don't understand this, many people think because I have an element of success and I had a first class degree in my academics, therefore I'm intelligent. You can be a first class degree holder and you can be an abject failure in the affairs of life. Because intelligence does not solve out the affairs of life. So Abraham, as rich and influenced as he was and as old as he was, there was still this element of continuous trust in God for the decisions he needs to make. This may want to give all of us this kind of thought pattern that no matter what we have achieved in life, you understand, no matter of the fact that I am married to my wife, you understand, doesn't mean that because I chose right means that I will stay right. I have to keep trusting God that although I chose a right wife, that doesn't mean that I have the authority to choose a right wife for my son. I have to go back to the manufacturer and the father who knows all things. So what is my first thought towards most of us is we need to chill out and calm down and stop trusting our stupidity. I said I'll be nice tonight, so... Uh, stop, stop trusting that I know what I can do this. I know what to do. Especially men, which are not many tonight. But they will hear this tape. You think you, think you can make the right choice. You, you've got six on the go. You, you're, you're a monumental failure. My wife and I were speaking about this. We know about guys who just had different girls and different girls and different girls and they ended up marrying a total child of the Almighty, you know. <laughs> Abraham knew that the most important event in the entire world was the continuity of the line of promise. He also knew that it was only by the blessings of God that this can happen. He knew that God had given him a promise. You know that God has given you a promise. But the continuity of that promise has to be on you depending upon God. However, he does not sit back and wait for a wife for Isaac to be lowered down from the sky supported by the angels. He will not be a carnal matchmaker, but he will exercise his faith and dependence on God in searching for a wife for his boy. So he, he didn't think that the, 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 the woman would just come or the man would just come. 
he still had to look upon to God and say, God, what do I need to do? So the, 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 the activity of Abraham calling his trusted ally, Hattas, I'm going somewhere with you, calling his trusted ally and saying to him, I'm going to search for a son, a, a wife for my son, and I'm giving you that responsibility. Ah! Some of you have no idea what pastoring is all about. When people are walking up to you and say, Pastor, please pay for me. What do you think I should do? You, you have no idea how much weight of responsibility someone has to carry. There was a couple one time I said to them, where you're living, pack your loads, come down to London. Do you know what that means to tell a man who is married with a child and say, in one week, I want you to pack your loads and come down to London and rent a house and leave the house you bought and leave it because where you're living is detrimental to your progress. Ah. So, you, so a man, so I'm giving you the responsibility to go and find a wife for my child. Ha! <laughs> I'm not even sure if the servant himself had a wife. But you see, it is not the validity of the person, but the validity of the promise. So when you, and this is the reason why you have to invest in people. Because when you invest in people and give them the authority and give them the, 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 uh, the responsibility, they kind of fly. And that's why even if you, ever, if you ever get into a relationship, stop trying to turn that person into what you want. Because you will not ever allow them to excel in their individuality that will become a benefit for you. Abraham didn't tell him step by step what to do, but look at the three things that the, uh, that, 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 that the guy did, which will help all of us. Number one, he waited. He waited. Verse 13 of this scripture, he says, Behold, I stand here by the well of the water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw, draw water. He waited. He waited because to see who is coming. He was not in a hurry. He didn't know how long he is going to wait. But I will wait until I see what I said I want to see. So if no one came out, and if no one drew water for my camels, I am not going. That is an important thing for most of us, because the Bible says those who wait upon what? The Lord shall be strong and they shall do... No, no, those who know their God shall be strong and do the exploit. Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall run and not be weary. Many of us don't understand that there is a blessing in the waiting. Because if you don't wait, you will pick up what is not yours. So we're still on the issue of singleness. You're not, you're not a deadbeat because you're single. You're a blessing because you're single. But while you're single, you've got to wait. And while you're waiting, you do not, you do not wait. Uh, 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 you wait actively. Not just wait. Hey, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You're waiting for the one. I'm waiting for the well, While you're waiting, get yourself together. I'm going ahead of myself. 
While you're waiting, learn to cook. While you're waiting, learn to take care of a child. While you're waiting as a man, pick up responsibility, change a bulb, uh, and get out with other men that are responsible. While you're waiting, you've got to do things to prepare you for where you're going. But he waited. Number two, he watched. Ah! And it came to pass, verse 15, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethel, the son of Michal, and the wife of Nehah, Abraham's mother, with her pitch upon her head. He watched. He watched. He watched. Not everybody you see, you go for. Not everybody you look at is yours. There's a difference between looking and seeing. Looking is what you see on the external. Seeing is it by vision. You've got to sit down. You've got to watch. Watch the guy. Watch the girl. See what they do. See how they treat others. See how they behave. Watch their lingua. Are they effing and blinding every single time? They will eff you out of your whole entire life if you're not careful. If they get angry, what is coming out of their mouth? You watch. That's what dating is all about. Some people say, I don't believe in dating, I don't believe in... I don't care what you call dating, courtship, jumping down. Just spend time waiting and watching. You've got to watch. The guy watched. He first waited. He didn't know how long. And then after a while, he watched as they were coming. He observed them. He was trying to see, God, is this the one or not the one? And then number three, he walked. He waited. He watched and then he walked. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water by the pitcher. And I'm preaching this even for the men that are not here. I will deal with them on, on Saturday. You understand? You got to go out. You got to walk. He who finds the Bible says, Not he who sits down. Because if you sit down and it just comes to you, the wrong person may come. You got to go out. You got to find. Get to work. Huh? Get to work. So teach them. I'm shouting on the table. Get to work. All these young guys in church that are just thinking that there's a lot of women where I, I... No, get to work. You got to work. You got to run to her. You say, you run. <laughs> you got to run. If you don't run, somebody else will get there before you. You got to run. <laughs> Too, you're too lethargic. These gay guys these days, they're, too, they're not walking. Walk, go, 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 learn how to drive. What's the matter with you? You're going out with a girl. Oh, baby, okay, can we go out for coffee? I said, okay, would you pick me up at home? Uh, I can't drive. Oh, what's the matter with you? So we need to take the tube. Oh, no, we take an Uber. Uber. <laughs> then you get into the back of an Uber that's dirty. Your first date. Walk. Wait. Watch. Ladies, you've got to watch too. You've got to wait. You've got to walk yourself. Because if the lady wasn't walking, no one will find her. Oh, oh. Oh, I'm watching, I'm sitting at home watching Coronation Street. Why are you supposed to be fetching water? <laughs> you know? There's no sugar. While someone else has picked herself up and she's gone out to work. Even if you've done your day job, you can still add some certain, certain things to it. Go and learn something. Why is it after nine or five o'clock you're sitting at home? Can't you do something else? 
Can't you go for uh, uh, adult education or uh, uh, additional education? Can't you learn how to sew? Can't you learn how to plaster? Can't you do something extra? Do, do your passion. Do what you want to do. Well, nobody's working these days. And then we say, pray that the man will come. So look, after the man prayed, he went out to watch, to wait, and to work. You've got to work yourself. The woman picked up a jug. Therefore, she was not wearing a Louis Vuitton shoe while she was going to, to fetch water. High heels is not the issue. When issues start to come. Okay. Did you get that? Do you need a water break or should we continue? <laughs> so, so, so having said that, I started to research like God, okay, so from singleness to greatness. When I mean greatness, marrying someone is not the greatness, but it's still I have to teach it. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not saying that the entirety of someone's life is getting married. But but, but at the same time, I, I need to be able to teach where many of us are going. Not all of us are going there, but where many of us are going is still the fact that how do I know? How do I not know? How do I start? How do I not start? And if this is not for you, delete it, go on with your own stuff. But if for some of us, you, it will save you because even if you're not interested now, maybe tomorrow someone will be coughing next to you and they say, oh, I wish I had heard pastor. So, add this, put it into your repertoire, keep it in your bank and you can make a withdrawal when necessary. How did you start? Even how did we, both man, woman, how did we start? How, how, how do you start a relationship? What are the things that we need to do? That that relationship will be lasting, not just any. No, I'm just trying. And the first thing we need to do is we've got to say, let God start it. Let God start it. Give me Genesis chapter 2, 21 to 25, quickly. Genesis chapter 2. 21 to 25. He says, so the Lord caused, God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took, God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. First thing you need to do before they change it is the man was sleeping. The man was sleeping. The man was what? Guys, until you sleep in Christ and sleep in God, you'll be walking in your flesh. The man was sleeping. God will give us something that he did not take your permission. When, when God was orchestrated, my wife, he didn't take my permission. He made sure I was sleepwalking. Many of you think, I have to make it, I have to do it, I can do No, he was sleeping. He was, he was injected with, uh, with, with a drug that made, knocked him out. And then God says, let me now do something in your life that does not involve you. Because if I bring the woman who I want to you, you may resist it. I want to make that woman to fit your own image. Let me make sure you're sleeping, that when I present it, there's no more arguments. So the Lord, verse 22 please. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. I explained that last week. 
At last the man exclaimed, This one is the bone from my bone and the flesh from my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken from a man. You could see that the man didn't argue anymore. It's not on how big she was, how small she was. It wasn't how beautiful she was. It wasn't if she had hair or no hair. It wasn't if she, she had the Brazilian uh, hair or the other one that you said on Sunday. It didn't matter what she, she had. All, she knew, all he knew was, I'm looking at someone that God had prepared for me. Uh, verse 24. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. That one we'll talk about later on. Now the man and the woman are both naked and they felt not ashamed. Now listen to this. Relationships were first instituted by the true heart of God the Father. So in the Garden of Eden, God made possible a relationship with himself through the first man, Adam. Adam, Adam, listen to this. Adam walked with God in the garden, had conversations, was loved, and he knew his creator well. In Genesis chapter 2, God brought forth the second most important relationship a man can have. A marriage relationship with a, with a wife. In fact, the only marriage that was ever perfect for a time was the marriage of Adam and Eve before the fall. So there were two relationships. The first relationship was man and God. The second relationship was man and the woman. Meaning, can I speak to the ladies since you are the, you're, you're more here, you're blessed. Ensure... You never marry someone who has not got a relationship with God. As this will be the downfall of your relationship. And I didn't see no much amens going on. But let me repeat myself. You understand? And I know where your mind is going. Never. Never. Enter into a relationship with a man that does not have a relationship with God. Force. You can't force a man into knowing the God you know, except he knows him for himself. God didn't first provide the woman to the man. He first provided himself to the man. And when he provided himself to the man, then the man could trust him, trust God to put him to sleep and bring what he needed and not what he wanted. You've got to really understand this because many women are just saying, eh, I'm going to change him. You can change nobody. You can't change what you didn't create. And you can't really, How are you going to change someone who for 28 years has been living his own life? And you're now going back to the creator when you have done what you want to do and God is saying, I can't change what has not been submitted to me. Uh, can, can I just throw this? Because many of you are thinking about your sister, your brother, and something. Beware, you don't make the exception the rule. Because many of you are like, hey, but I know someone, the Bible wasn't born again, the girl brought him to church, and that's the exception. Trust me, you need to count how many, even that they met in church, were born again, and were not born again when they were married. I've seen a woman who married someone, brought him to church. The guy was a Muslim. He converted. He changed. He did everything. The woman was going to church for two years. And then they got married. The wedding night, the guy threw out the mat and sprayed. Uh, what are you going to do? Now, 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 listen to me. Everything I say from this pulpit is not a lie. It's not like they told me. I know. Yeah, yeah, isn't it true? We know. 
I saw a man. We know because I cancelled them. So don't, 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 don't play. Don't play. I, I saw a man who married the girl and they went on their honeymoon and the man didn't even sleep with her. He was drunk. In my investigation and discussion, they went to Jamaica. You can't go to Jamaica. Ah! You, you are you're drunk. You're drunk. You're drunk. It, it, it was bad. That means uh, you, you went all the way to Jamaica. Uh, you, 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 you went there and you were drunk on your honeymoon. When we sat down and investigated, the guy just placed a bet. All he did was in short. Oh, and I know you're not listening to me. Please listen. In short. The guy placed the bet with his friends that he can get that girl. Jesus. Call on him now. You need him. <laughs> Remember, if you don't have an insurance of God, you will be exposed to litigation and, and emotional bankruptcy. Because God is your only insurance. So, so, so let me be very clear to you. That never marry a man who does not have a relationship with God. Never go out. I'm talking about lasting relationships. Don't even smell it. Don't let him even spit on you. <laughs> That's the first ensure. The second ensure, if you're taking notes and if you're folding your hands, God help you. Ensure he knows God first before he knows you. And number three. Ensure your foundations are reinforced. What do I mean by that? Ensure before you get married that you have a foundation. Dig deep. Because the deeper the foundation, the higher you go and the less worries you have in the future. That means I have a foundation in God. And my foundation is God comes first. That means I'm not sleeping with you. I'm not going into places and I'm not compromising my faith with you because I want to marry you. I'm not desperate to marry you that I would now wreck my foundations. Because the higher you want a building must go, the deeper its foundation. So while you're in church, please enjoy and soak the word. Pray. We're teaching you because you will be able to discern between good and evil. Can I continue? I'm just throwing nuggets at you. Now, there, there are two major relationships that God orchestrated. Adam and Eve, Isaac and Rebecca. And I need to show you this. In Genesis 24 verse 7, he says, The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying to your offsprings, I will give this land, he will send his angels before you so that you can get a wife for my son from, from there. So listen, there are many marriages... Many marriages were left to the instructions of God or were arranged by God. Isaac and Rebekah came together by God's revelation to Abraham's servant. Let me continue because you didn't get this. Some marriages were arranged by man. Such as Joseph to Mary. Yet, God used them both in his sovereign plan. I'm going somewhere before you throw, throw any accusation of me. Wait. 
What is important to realize is that even in marriages that are arranged by man, God had to be the one to allow such a marriage. God's meaning that God put people in our lives for a reason and God gave his servant to Abraham and Isaac. Let me give you a psalm and then I will explain further. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Without the help of the Lord, it is useless to build a home or to guard a city. It is useless to get up early and stay up late in order to earn a living. God takes care of his own while they were asleep. You can see that word sleep again. Meaning, if God does, does not orchestrate it, then he cannot control it. Go, good idea is not a God idea. Except God is in the relationship, you have nothing left. So, here is, here is what I'm saying. There are some relationships that comes by a divine instruction. And there are some relationships that can be arranged. I'm not talking about I am not talking about a forced arranged marriage. I'm saying this loud for, for the internet because they will just take a bit of it. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm also saying that don't box yourself into the fact that you can make the choice. Because sometimes parents can help, friends can help, pastors can help. I've arranged one or two. And I'm still looking. I'm so interested in all of you. I'm looking. It's one of you sometimes that sit down with me. I'm thinking about the man, thinking about the, I'm, that, 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 Now I'm going to. Now I told my wife that this year, next year, I'm militant. I'll just coop all you and put you down. Go out together. I've had enough. I have had enough. Uh, I, I am now Abraham's servant. You understand? I will walk it to heaven. I will forcefully take you from Nahor and take you down to Isaac. When Isaac sees you, he will dismount from his camel and take you into his house. It will happen. Now, and it can happen. But you see, many of us, we are so proud. We're still awake while we should be asleep. We're so proud that even if anyone gives a nudge, Eh, am I that desperate? What's the matter with you? Who cares if you are desperate or not? Just see what can happen. All of us are so, we're so guarded. When, once you say single, everyone's guarded. Once you talk about marriage or relationship, eh, I, I'm not looking. You're looking. All of us are looking. So what, what do you mean you're not looking? We're all looking for a good thing. You don't want a good thing in your life. And if you're going to be celibate, just tell us celibate so we can take you out of the equation and let's know the rest of us who are in the pot. This is serious. Let's stop joking. Let's stop mocking around. Are you following what I'm saying? If it is in God, he can make it work. He can. My parents are great assets. How would you say I can't arrange something for my son? I don't need to. As, as I'm going, as I'm seeing in church, as people are producing girls and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm walking my way for the future. I'm praying. I'm believing God. I will be going out with them. As he starts to grow older, we'll be going out with them. If I sometimes may go on holidays with a potential when I will pay for the holiday myself, just believing that something will happen. I will have to walk it. If it doesn't work, it's fine. But God can use anybody to make it happen. Because even between my wife and I, God used other people to make it happen, to bring us together. Okay. 
Let me quickly go on because you didn't get it. Ah. But just remember that, just say to God, God, I'm open. You understand? Dating is important. Courtship is important. The fact that someone introduced you to someone didn't say marry. Are you following what I'm saying? Stop thinking about the word, am I desperate, am I not desperate? Forget about that. There's nobody who's desperate. If if it's not your time, it's not your time. Are you following what I'm saying? But just enjoy life. There's nothing wrong uh, for a guy to just say, can I take you out? This is simple. Why? What's the problem? No, it's not even in this church. It's in this church. Where a guy went up to someone and the woman stopped coming to church. Hey, it looks like I stopped coming to church. She's still single. After 16 years. No, that's the, that's the, that's the problem. When we, when, when, when we were, grow, when I mean growing up, when we were oh, I, I, single and available, we knew, I know of my friend who went to a girl and again, because she's looking at where he was. She's still single and he's 53. It was too late. It's just a true life story. It was too late. Did he not succeed in life? Kapodohusha. Absolutely. Still single. And it was a match made on earth. Not scheduled because it didn't happen. But at least. That there, honestly, there, there was no reason why it couldn't have happened. But all, everyone was looking at us where we were then. And what we used to do, we used to arrange these things amongst ourselves. Five guys. Five or four. Four. Seven of us were living. Four. Four. Just four or five. I arranged them, arranged their relationship. I, and I was still single. Because the guys were very calm and cool and all that. I was out there. So I would drag them. I even took them out of the church. They took me to their church. And I said, is this the church you're going to? Ha. Ah. Oh, everybody in that church were 45, 50. I said, what are you doing here? I said, sorry. I said, they brought me to the church for me to start playing keyboards. Here? No. I left, and then I started taking them. And people would invite me to parties, and then I would take them. And then I would say, you see that person? I don't, I, I don't know if I was stupid or foolish, but I was the last to get married out of the whole seven of them. But every one of them points to me producing bringing, arranging. And then I was the musical director of that, and I would say, band practice is in my house. Seven guys. Band practice is where? In my house. They all married. And you know the thing there is this. After 25 years, the, 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 the oldest, 25, 26, everyone is still married today. Wow. So God can use anybody. Why didn't Abraham go by himself? Okay. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know why Abraham didn't go? Because he allowed God to start it. When I said let God start it, go to sleep sometimes. And let God do the operation. So, the question is, we're going to ask ourselves, let's quickly do this tonight. What should I base my choice upon? Let's go to Genesis 24 verse 16. It's so bad that the, some men are not here. The young woman was very attracted. Put that scripture up, please. Because I'm going to say some certain things that these ladies may kill me. Uh, I don't know even where I, I took this from, but keep that up. 
The young woman, read that, but also listen to what I'm about to say. The young woman was very attractive in appearance. A maiden whom no man had known. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Listen to these three things and then I'll close and I'll pick the rest up next week. Number one, make choices or make your choice based on character. Make your choice based on character. What produced great relationship was the attraction of character. The beautiful and greatest women in the Bible, Rebecca, Esther, Abigail, was all character. First. Men's greatest downfall in their single state is that they're looking by sight. The attraction is by what they see and not by what they can feel or know in a person's character. That's why the Bible says we move by faith and not by sight. Now, although I'm talking about men, also women start to think about that. Because we're always moved by sight. How is it? In fact, we're so moved by sight that we choose the man depending on how your girlfriends would approve him. I've seen in this church where a guy won't go out with it because she knows her friends won't totally approve. And then the guy hooked up with someone else. How would my girlfriends feel? We, we choose based on how your other girlfriends are going out with other guys. And because they're tall, muscular, you are also looking for someone who is tall and muscular, muscular that can fit into your other girlfriend's sector so that when you all go out, you, are, you, 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 you just married the devil or you're just going out with the devil. It's, and, and you know, the bigger the guy is, the bigger the devil on the inside of him. Sometimes. I put sometimes there. One guy, I like his song. I don't listen to it most of the time, but I like his Between Jazz or Callum or something like that. I can't remember. He's just bought a new CD out or new song. It's called Taller. He's short. And he just bought something out. I know you're going to Google it now. Uh, it's, it's, it's called Taller. He's short, skinny. Callum. I can't, I can't remember his first name. Jamie. J yes, yes. Have you seen him? Very thin, very small, very short. He didn't, his next album was taller. Do you know who he married? A model. Models have to be a bit tall. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, just, and they've been married for 10 years in that industry. The truth of the matter is, if that lady, he was looking for someone that will fit into the guys that models go out with. And you know, they're always, you know she would not have longevity. Likewise, guys too. They want to go out with a girl which they have sculptured in their minds. And the problem is that that doesn't last long. It doesn't last long. It doesn't last long. Body deteriorates. Persons develop. 
in, always invest in what lasts. Bible says in Proverbs 31, 30, it says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. The thing that breaks my heart the most is that in this day and age, it is men that have mental issues in marriage, no more women. The amount of men that come to me is more than the amount of women that come to me. So, man, if you marry wrong, are you hearing me on the tape? If you marry wrong, 70% of your life is flushed down the drain. Trust me. So, you know, in that time, before they used to say, woman, marry the right man. No, 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 no. Man, I'm begging you, marry the right woman. Because many times, the wisest man in the world says, it's better for you to live in the desert than to live in a, with a, in, a, in a house with a contentious woman. Then he wasn't satisfied with that proverb. He went further on. He says, it's better for you to live on the housetop, rooftop, exposed to every kind of weather, than to live in a house with a fretful and a quarrelsome woman. Mm. So he said, that beauty that you're seeing is vain. Listen. He says, in Proverbs 30, verse 10, message Bible says, a good woman is hard to find, and worth far more her worth is far more than diamonds. While the attraction, listen to me, let me repeat myself again. When the man saw the woman, although they described her beauty, but what sold her was her character. Are you following what I'm saying? Ladies, don't marry a man or don't go into a relationship with a man that has no character. Don't try it. I'm trying to deliver you from stress. Don't, don't, don't even try to say, let's see. Go, by discernment of the spirit, by watching, waiting, and working it, the first day you go out, you will be able to know. Because there are many men that go to church. But God is not in them. What church do you go to? Pentecostal Baptist Church of the Anglican Society. (laughs) What do you do in church? I I pray. Understand their character. Oh, he opened the door for me. Hey, that's the first day. Will that continue? Did you see how he just spoke to his mom? Did you just see that? But you ignore that. And because if it's not this one, nobody else will come. It's been five years since I've been out with any man. Wait. Just don't go out with a man who you will now have to wait more than what you should have waited for. Character is important. But, 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 This is where it's going to get really tough here. While the attraction of character is predominant, but many people would not get anything unless they accentuate their looks. Listen to me. The scripture didn't say that the character of the woman was the first thing he saw. He says the young woman was attractive in what? Appearance. So, sloppy sloppy dressing and appearance will make you be overlooked. 
I don't care. This is where you can pack your bags and go. I'm going to tell you the truth. There will be no way on God's green earth, I am pastor personified, that I would have looked at this woman on bus 18 or 19 or 20, 12, bus 12, from, from uh, Elephant and Kiasu, going all the way to Peckham, if she wasn't fine and looking nice. They are not going up da- down and going to sit beside her and say, oh, do you actually go to this church? Ah, I wa- would I? Is really, would you see character first? I thought so beauty. It's the same thing with men. No, seriously. Don't think you're doing anything in vain. This is where I know you're going to be angry with me, but I'm going to have to tell you the truth. The clothes you wear advertise your character. Your clothes can create a positive climate of acceptance around you or you can package yourself for failure or success. How do you package yourself? Many of you are so sloppy (laughs) that even angels are running. I have to say this. Okay. Because you feel I'm in the flesh, let's go into the Bible. At least let's show ourselves from the Bible. Proverbs chapter 31. Why Proverbs? Proverbs 31 talks about the attire of a good woman. 31.22 says she makes her own clothing. That's why I said, while you're waiting, why don't you learn how to sew? <laughs> she, ma- she makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and silks. Verse 25, her clothes are well made and elegant. And she always faces tomorrow with a smile. Let me say this to you, women and men. Your personal power begins with your powerful image. Neither would my wife give me any conversation if I was speaking to her and a little sis and smell was coming from my mouth. It's a turn off immediately. Come on. Your image determines how you are perceived. How you are perceived determines how you are received. And opportunities will gravitate towards you because of your appearance. And you're saying, hey, appearance doesn't matter. How many of you go to an interview wearing a uh, uh, a torn jeans, uh, 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 a sloppy dress, and, and trainers? I said job interview. I didn't say church. I just said job interview. Even Donald Trump went before the king wearing the regal attire. White waistcoat, uh, tails. Why? Because your appearance will speak before your mouth opens. You will will receive better treatment from everyone if you are well dressed. I was preaching. And you know, there were some countries that just look, they, 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 I don't want to say it in where my, the language my wife would use from where she comes from, but they like this rasmatas. It starts with an E, you understand. Uh, it's called like a pizzy. They like this uh, thing that they want to see who you are, where you come from. So I was going to a pastoral, uh, to a conference, a pastor's conference or something like that. 
Then another pastor who was going with was wearing jeans. I said, Are you sure? He said, yes. So I wore a nice stuff and all that. And when we got there, they had told the pastor who was going that he's going to take the offering. As we got there, the usher says, how are you, sir? Welcome, sir. So they told me to go and sit in front. They told him as the driver to sit somewhere. They thought he was the driver. He was furious. I said, no, 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 no. He's a pastor. I said, hey, uh, I said uh, are you sure? They, <laughs> they were asking me if I'm sure. And it's, it's just simple. They just addressed him the way he dressed. There's no way I go to preach and I don't call the pastor and say, how is your dress mode? Or what is your dress code? I don't want to go there in jeans while they're dressed up. Neither do I want to dress up when they are not dressing up. Ask, what's the code bless you? Eh? <laughs> you, 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 you got to understand that you need to invest in your life. To look good don't have to be expensive. But remember that quality pays. Your wardrobe is a good investment. Keep your hair beautiful at all times. And unkept hair shows that you are disorganized. <laughs> Enhance your femininity. Keep regular appointments with a beautician. Treat your body with respect. Exercise regularly. Invest in toiletries and perfumes. Learn to accept and walk with your body type. No, just like, uh, let, me, let me explain that. The Bible says she was good in her pe- You can't. You, let me talk to the women first. Trust me. All these Pentecostal men, you understand, they are also human beings. Don't be fooled by their speaking in tongues. <laughs> Trust me. Because when we were lifting hands, while other people were closing their eyes, I opened my eyes. I'm, I'm opening my eyes to see what is going on. I'd rather be an usher to see who's coming in and who's going out. And I'd rather sit in the prayer team and not know what is going on. You have to know what is going on. I'm just joking. No, see, 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 seriously. So many of you think because they speak in tongues and they pray in the spirit and they just, they're not looking. Men are only moved by one thing first. The physical. Women are moved by emotions, relationship. That will never change. Your feminist movement cannot change that. A man will always be moved by looks. Shoot, the, shoot your feminism up to the heaven. You're still going to come back to one point. The man is always moved by what he sees. That is the reason why pornography is not essentially made for the woman, but for the man. And that's why the advertisements on TVs are always, e- a car. what has the car got to do with a naked woman? Are you following what I'm saying? They're targeting the men every single time. So, listen to me. When the, when, the, when the servant of Abraham sat there, he was waiting and watching. Many of you do not know when your visitation comes. That's the day you decided, mm, I've been doing this for Many people walk in a sloppy way. They slouch as if the whole world is coming to an end. Their, hair, their mom is telling them they're not listening. Their dad is telling them they're not listening. Their pastor is telling them they're not listening. And then they're telling me to pray. I'm not praying anymore. 
You've got to work on yourself. And men, you've really got to work on yourself. Work on your posture. Work on your dressing. Some men's dressing are erratic. <laughs> learn, and I said this, learn to accept and work with your body type. Sometimes you just have to work with what you have. No diet or surgery can change the length of your legs. It can't change the placement of your waist, neither can it change the size of your head. So realize that you walk with what God has given to you because after all said and done, can I say this, real beauty begins in your mind. You're not dieting for anyone. You're not losing weight for anyone. You're not dressing up for anyone because I cannot see how you wake up and dress well and you don't feel well. Am I lying? Seriously. There's no way you, you don't dress well. You dress well and you're walking and people say, whoa, I love your dress. I love your And you feel depressed. How would you be depressed? Except you are really depressed and they come to me, we need to pray for you because that's a different ballgame altogether. But please, maintain a standard in your life. Can I give you two more and then we close? So, Make choices based on, see what? Character. Although character is predominant, but still don't lose the physical. The Bible says bodily exercise what? Profits little. It didn't say it didn't profit at all. <laughs> but bodily exercise what? Profit little. Learn to, while you're waiting, exercise. Exercise. Your diet is killing you. God, I am so passionate about this because God said, warn my people so you don't bury people too early. Come on. At 11 o'clock, you're still yanking food. <laughs> Come on, please. Walk on it. Deal with yourself. Number two, let me quickly go there and leave you because if I stay on that, we won't leave. Number two, make choices based on conviction. Make choice. Are you leaving? Oh, you're married. Sorry. Uh, make choices based. <laughs> make choices based on conviction. Let me add to this and not convenience. Are you leaving? Make choices based on conviction and not convenience. Let me quickly round this up because this is getting heavy. Make choices based on conviction and not convenience. Make choices based on what? Conviction and not convenience. Allowing your heart to go on a journey without your brain will expose you to an untold misery. When your emotions is the driver and your brain is the passenger in the vehicle of your life, accidents are inevitable. Please, if you forget anything tonight, don't forget this. Look beyond the container. Into the what? Content. There are three dif differences between convenience and conviction. Convenience is external, while conviction is internal. The guy just felt, this is what I'm going to ask God to do. And there was a conviction when it happened. So when he had that conviction that this is the woman, he didn't really care about her size, her look anymore. There was a conviction that God had answered my prayer. Conviction is what will give longevity in your relationship, not convenience. Convenience is temporal. 
while conviction is permanent. Con- convenience glitters while conviction is gold. So never make a choice based on, your, on how you feel. Don't make a choice based on, oh, I feel like having a relationship. Number two, don't make a choice based on the fact that all your friends are in one. Number three, don't make a choice based on you are choosing this person to show up to your friends that you can get a bird. Never make a choice because your girlfriends or your boyfriends are forcing you to go into one by setting you up with a crazy guy or a woman. Never make a choice because you want to bear the title Mrs. Never make a choice. <laughs> never make a choice based on the guy because the guy or the girl is rich and they shower you with gifts. I, did I not say guy or girl? Because some girls buy a husband and some men buy a wife. But remember that if you're buying someone with gifts and that person is receiving it, that means that person is up for the highest bidder. Oops. Never go out with someone because they're showering you with gifts. Because those gifts can't last. I remember a guy who went out with Shannon. I said, Pastor, ah, I took this girl to a restaurant and all that and I also bought these flowers. I said, how much was the food? He says, like 140 pounds. He said, how much was the flowers? He says, like 60 pounds. He said, would you continue with that? He says, what do you mean by that? I said, as you started. He said, how are you going to continue? He says, what do you mean, Pastor? I said, I mean you're stupid. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. My first outing with my wife was KFC. That's why I don't eat it anymore. <laughs> KFC and then a film. The English word, patience. I hated that film. Three hours of misery and bad food at that time. But that doesn't mean we're not married. Don't, don't, don't begin something you can't continue. Never marry someone for financial stability. Never go out with someone because you're a single parent and you need a strong partner to be a supportive or a father figure for your child. Never marry someone because you say, I have a high sex drive. How did you have it? How do you know? What are you doing? Uh, Never marry someone because you feel, or go into a relationship, sorry, because you feel your biological clock is ticking. Never go out with someone because you want to get out from under your parents. Can I say this clearly, especially to ladies? You know, you're going out of one control into another control. Mm. Mm. number three let me finish with this so I said don't make choices based on character don't make choices based on what you make choices based on conviction 
not convenience, then make choices based on capacity. The, I call it the attraction of competency. Rebecca was going to be a mother of a great nation and so needed to be kind, courteous, hospitable, generous, gracious, thoughtful, industrious, willing to bear her share of the load. She didn't realize that she has to be a perpetuator of a line of promise that God made to Abraham unbeknown to her. So she had to have a certain capacity to handle where she's going. Please, if you're still single, you understand, come on Sunday. I want to talk about the legacy of men. And I want to show women, especially just women, what you need to be aware of and pray about. I'm not going to reveal it today. Because it's not just, ah, marriage. Not just working it. <laughs> Get a bow, sir. You have no idea what is attacking men this day and age. You've got to have the capacity. The woman has to be helpful and not fretful. You've got to be able to build capacity and not inability. Don't marry a man who has no capacity. Don't go out with anybody, a guy who has no capacity. Every time he's crying on your neck, he has no capacity. And here you are, you, 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 you are a mother to all your brothers and sisters because you are the firstborn, and then you're going out with a guy you have to mother again. Aren't you tired? Are you following what I'm saying? And some of you, you, you attract such kind of people because you always want to be in control. Marry someone who has a capacity. Capacity for the future. Capacity for a vision. Capacity to build stuff. Capacity to face trials and tribulations. Build your capacity and not your inability. Don't focus on what you can do. Focus on what you what can do. Spend your singleness being productive and not destructive. Rebecca was productive and then she became selected. When you get home, read Proverbs 31, 14 to 19, New Living Translation. What is capacity? Capacity is the preparation for greatness. Ask these married women now, or men, you're going to have a certain level of capacity. And that's the reason why people who are married, they get married, I want to get married, I want to get married. You now get into the house, let me talk about the women first, you know, like, hey, it looks like I'm in a cage. You had no capacity for the next level you were going. You need to have capacity for the children you want. The man, and, uh, I'm married, but I can still hang out with my friends. There's no capacity to be able to make the house exciting. There's no capacity to be able to deal with bills and issues that are coming. Yeah, my marriage, my marriage is not going well. Why? Because you lost a job. Have capacity. Because you know everything is going to work the way you want it to work. My wife had capacity for a man to be able to say to her, you can't spend money like that. It was capacity of generosity. Capacity. That even though she was any more than I was, she still knew she was helpful. You're going to develop capacity. Do you know how to cook? Do you know? Both girls and boys. Likewise, men and women. The men I have met upon you, I, because I know mama doesn't teach you, but even now I'm telling mama, start teaching my son. 
Because what if she gets sick? What is doing her pregnancy? What are you going to do? You have no capacity. And even if you can't cook, make sure you have the capacity to make money. You have no money, you can't cook. <laughs> Seriously. So, if I can't cook and I can't clean, I have to have a capacity to hire a cook and hire a cleaner. No capacity at all. And so the woman is with her pregnancy. She's still cleaning. I say, hey, hey, babe, what for dinner? Slap you. And she's saying, I'm tired. You know, is it just not pregnant? You try as a man being pregnant. I can, I can teach you how to do that. I get a 10 kg load. Put it upon you, strap it everywhere you go for nine months, you carry that thing. Then you will understand. See if you can bend down. No capacity. Do you have capacity to take care of a child? Do you have the capacity to hold down a job? Hold down a job, take care of children, and make sure that the home is clean. You've got to have capacity. It's no more chewing, no more chewing gum anymore. It's not, it's not a chewing gum job. To get married, to get into a relationship is not easy. And each level has to have a capacity. The first level is when I start going out. Do we have the capacity to maintain our friendship? Then the next level is when you're now engaged. That's a different level where demons come out. Do you have capacity? Because you're now fighting over the preparation for the wedding. Without knowing that the wedding is just one day. Do you have capacity to go through Capacity to deal with your family. When they want to demand something you both know you can't afford. Then do you have capacity once you get married to know I'm married? I can't just be going out anytime and coming back anytime as I used to. But because you have no capacity, you become disinterested in your marriage and you think it's your spouse that has the problem. No capacity. You've got to develop capacity. So make your choice based on capacity. The fact that he's driving a be my wife or a BMW or Messi doesn't mean he has capacity. He has the capacity for debt. David built capacity by fighting lions. Daniel built capacity by denying himself of the things that can destroy his brain. Do you have capacity that I'm not going to do what my other friends are doing because I have a vision on where I'm going? Capacity is being called... Listen, let me close by saying this. Capacity, capacity is being called a fool for working hard because you can see beyond what the critics see. Moses swapped Pharaoh's palace for his Hebrew lineage. Joseph did not take advantage of an opportunity that was easy for him to sleep with the woman and still continue to enjoy the pets of of Potiphar's wife. Not Pharaoh, but Potiphar. In, 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 in where my wife comes from, they will say, if you're going to eat an egg, eat a good one. Just don't... Oh, frog, sorry. She, 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 that's why she, I'm British. Uh, <laughs> so if you're going to... They said, if you're going to eat a frog, eat a good frog. A frog that also has eggs inside. If you're going to marry someone, marry someone who has capacity. Just don't marry anybody. Because you can settle for less when you're supposed to get the greatness. Just imagine that Joseph now slept with the woman. Do you know that he would never be the prime minister? 
When he became the prime minister and he interpreted the dream, because he didn't allow the woman to affect his brain, you know they brought a wife to him. Pharaoh gave him a wife. The wife he gave him was royalty. Not just one person from the backside of uh, <laughs> Egypt. Yes, yes. I wanted to use somewhere, somewhere down here. But, uh, and so your capacity grows according to what you expose yourself to. Capacity is being busy with God's appointment. I can't go any further than that because I've hit 9 o'clock already. But, 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 but next week I'm going to talk about how to deal with the relationship. Okay, what if I'm in there? How to let God shepherd it. And then we deal with some inner stuff that would help us. But we've got to remember that if you are going to make, start any good relationship, any relationship at all, Number one, you've got to let God start it. And under God starting it, you've got to make your choice based on character, make your choice based on conviction, make your choice based on what? Capacity. Capacity. If my wife hadn't developed capacity, what would have happened now? I'm go- the whiners. Uh, not BB whiners, the pastor. Marvin Winers. Marvin Winers started a church. The wife was so angry, she divorced him. You go and check out the internet. And recently, they came back in, uh, in uh, and they had children. They came back and the woman was apologizing to the man and said, I actually didn't see it and I didn't really felt that I'm marrying a pastor because they were so famous. They were the best uh, gospel artists and they were the first gospel artists and family that, that transcended both secular and gospel but they still kept to their gospel roots. Do you get what I'm saying? Everyone was doing stuff for them. Even these guys, they always wear black coats and their hats and all that kind of stuff. They were the producers. All these serious guys. But when God said, okay, I want you to start a church. The woman didn't have the capacity to go to the next level. And many of you think, I, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. But just, say, just let the man say, I want to step out to do this. Uh, no, that's not what I signed up to. Or the woman says, oh, I want to do this. Uh, that's not what I signed up to. I remember when my wife said she wanted to start business. I said, eh. I didn't have the capacity. I wonder, I just took some money, I gave it to her. Go start the business with that. She went went, bought some stuff, came back, sold it in one day. I'm like, eh? There's some more money. (laughs) And then she went again, she came back, and so, do you know that in our deepest, darkest financial time, it was the business that she started that helped us through it. You have to have capacity. And many men don't have capacity because they're jealous. So they will hold you down and keep you down. And that's the, that's the person you're running after, your client. Let them go. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19, 3RQ, Archway, 
London. Thank you for listening.